Welcome back in to ESPN West Palm ACC kickoff brought to you by the Capital One Orange Bowl presented by Duffy Sports Bar and Grill. We are joined by a special guest in head coach Manny Diaz of your Miami Hurricanes. Coach Diaz, appreciate a couple minutes. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's been a, a great day to get back in person, you know, and see everybody. And it means football's right around the corner. That's been like the, the, best part of this for me is it it all feels real again now you know it feels like we're back a little bit to normalcy and talking to your players and they brought up on their own how proud they are that they're going to hit the vaccination numbers and and their hope to have a regular football season yeah from what we went through a year ago again i was proud of all the the hoops we jumped through but man it'd be nice to have to not have to do all that and just worry about just going and beating whoever you got to play on saturday how hard was that for you going through and we're going to talk about the pandemic in a football sense because i know in the real world of things it doesn't mean anything. Right. But for our world here in football, how hard was it for you to go through that year of Zoom meetings and just trying to figure out different ways to reach the players? And, you know, even talking to Mike Harley, talking about how much he likes you because how much you care about the players and to have to talk to them only through a computer screen. Well, that was like what it was like during the offseason. During the season, I think the hardest part is you just came in the building every day and, and there was going to be something you didn't expect. Uh, some player wasn't going to be available. It wasn't even, you didn't have to get COVID, you know, if you just had. A runny nose and a cough. They sent you home, you know. So uh, it was it was really hard on our scout team coaches, our special team coaches, all the coaches, because every day you you laid out plans for practice and you show up. You know, by the end of the year, and we're playing these last couple of games of the season. I we we got a graduate assistant that's the center on the offensive line. You know, I mean, we got uh, GA coaches running the routes, and you know, it's <laughs> that's not ideal, you no. know. And uh, but no one cared. You know, we had to play a season, and you had to put a product out there on Saturday. That, uh, you know, was still Miami Hurricane football. So, like I said, I'm proud of our guys for you always had to be stay loose and adjust, man, because you were never going to get it the way you wanted it. And that was part of the hardest part, probably, I would assume. And I'm going to go to my teaching career. The hardest part was the results were still expected to be normal That's results. Right. And right. for you as a coach, probably the same thing. There's no doubt. Once that game kicked off, there was a score, and uh, that was going to dictate what your record was, you know. And like I said, you know, we didn't finish the year the way we wanted to, but I was proud of the way um, – we kind of got on a little bit of a roll there in November, and then you know, and then we kind of got wiped out with COVID and kind of knocked us off our stride. How about when it comes to recruiting? Because one of my favorite things when you guys come into the schools is when you do the old handshake move where you shake the hand but also pat the arm, the chest, the shoulders, just to see what the players are really made up of. Your coaches couldn't do that this year. They had to do it through a computer screen. Were there any surprises? Like, wait a minute, you're not as big as I thought you were? There's more pleasant surprises. Yeah, You have to keep in mind now, even like Rhett Lashley – and those guys, I mean, they had never met, you know, the guys we signed this past class, uh, you know, the wideouts, uh, Jacoby George, uh, Romello Brinson, and um, Rashard Smith, they had never seen those guys in person. Wow. I mean, that's it's insane until, yeah. they, until they reported on campus when, you know, at the end of their senior year. So there's just so many stories like that that just, that just defy logic, uh, and yet it's still true. And now as we try to get back to normal, name, image, and likeness gets approved. And you have that going on. How has that been for you and your staff? Well, you know, all we could do was try to educate our guys before July 1st. No one really knew what the rules are. Are we going to go by the Florida laws? Is the NCAA going to chime in? Is Congress going to get involved? We just tried to educate them on what we knew at that moment, understanding that it could change right before. Um, then the clock hit midnight. And to be honest, it's kind of out of our hands. You know, the, the barn door swung open. The horses all kind of ran out. And um, now my hope. As a UM coach, was that I hope that you know our guys would lead the way. That Miami would kind of be a real destination where, because of our brand and the, and all the you know the South Florida economy, that we could really take care of our guys. And I'm really proud of you know the people that have stepped up. We do feel like we've been kind of 
on the forefront of this in college football. And look, we want our guys to have the best experience at Miami as they can anywhere in college football. And I think we're off to a great start of making that true. You bring up the South Florida economy. My wife and I were looking to buy a house in Palm Beach County, and the way things are booming in the South Florida economy, we're now in Port St. Lucie. Right. But like, but like, that's going to only help the brand of the U because you, when you think of Miami, when you think of Florida, you think of the U when you think of South Florida. Most of Florida, you think of the U. How important is that for you to just represent the U the right way and have your team be that brand and represent the state? Yeah, well, we got to be South Florida's team, you know, and and. You know, what you, as you say, whether it's people moving into South Florida and, and, you know, there's a bunch of tech jobs coming, you know what I mean? Everybody needs an anchor. You know, everybody's got an eight-year-old that needs to go to a game. And, you know, if they can get hooked on going to Miami Hurricanes games and have a great experience at Hard Rock, which is now a phenomenal stadium, um, hey, the more the merrier, you know. And, and we just, we're just proud that we get to represent our community and, um, and looking forward to getting back amongst the fans this fall. It's, that's been a long wait. Last year you made some changes on the offensive side of the ball. How has that process gone now that there was no real offseason? So it was exciting for me, even just without an offseason. How has that process gone now with an offseason going into this year? Well, it's been great now to have an actual year where, you know, with, with our offense staff, Rhett Lashley, you know, Garen Justice, Rob Likens, those guys, um, where they can really detail out our offense. I mean, we were just trying to get the thing, you know, somewhat functional by last September. Um, but now year two, we expect to make a big jump. It's great to have as much experience coming back as we only lost really one player brevin jordan off last year's offense big miss but we we feel good about will mallory you know taking his spot so um and then we're adding some key pieces whether that's charleston rambo or some of the freshmen that we think are really talented so uh so i'm excited for the future of our offense i think it's a it's a it's a fun system it's a it's our miami offense now going forward and uh and obviously as as the quarterback goes normally when miami's got great quarterback play miami competes for championships and i i think you know whether it's Derek this year and the, the guys we got coming down the line, I think uh, the future's in good hands. Derek says he feels good. He's excited to be back out there. He says he can do everything. Year two should be really fun with him in that system going forward. How nice was it to you to know that he's coming back and to have that experience just again in finally a full year while you're younger guys, which are top-of-the-line guys, but gives them another year of yeah. where the pressure's not really on them. It's so huge, you know, and, and it, it just it, it builds a bridge, right? As you're getting our recruiting, the last couple of recruiting classes, really our classes, and you're trying to get that where those guys become your juniors and seniors. And like you say, you're not depending on a freshman quarterback. We did that a couple of years ago. And, and to be able to not just what Derek does on the field, but the way he leads those guys off the field and sets the tone and gives them a great example on how to be in a meeting, how to be prepared for a meeting, you know, how to go through your workouts, how to walk through the locker room and, and earn the respect of everybody in there. Um, that guy has been immense for our program. And, and, um, and, and now we get to see the benefit of, of whether it's, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia going forward. They've, what, what an example to learn from. Yeah. I told him when he announced he was coming back, it was like a virtual hug for me yeah. that I needed, that I needed to hear. Defensively, you lose guys to the NFL, but I mean, you have the University of Miami. You lose guys to the NFL every single year. How hard is it to replace those guys and, and fill going forward defensively? Well, you know, it's funny. People ask, you know, we, we lost Greg Rousseau last year. We didn't have him during the season. So really, you know, True. it's Jalen, and Jalen was phenomenal. And Quincy Roche was very productive for us as well. But, um, you know, since I've been here and got here as a defense coordinator in 2016, you know, we've had good pass rushers. We're, only us in Alabama have had a guy with eight sacks every year in those last five years and it's always different names you know we'd replace chad thomas and then it was trent harris did it and then joe jackson and then you know jonathan garvin came and you know oh what do we do now and then greg Rousseau had the big year and then greg opts out well who's jalen phillips and jalen goes out and blows up so our guys in the wings they think they're next i mean that's kind of why they come to miami you know so whether it's deandre johnson 
starter at Tennessee that transferred in or a guy like Jafari Harvey from the Treasure Coast. And, you know, those guys, they, they're not, they're ready. You know, they, that's what they want. They wanted to see, okay, hey, listen, that pressure's on me to now to, to make sure we maintain that standard of performance. Now you made some changes on the defensive staff as well. Are you going to be calling the de- defense now? Yep. What, what went behind that decision? Well, I just didn't feel, you know, I think, again, I think in 2016 we set a standard of how you play defense at Miami. I just didn't feel like last year we met that standard. Um, and ultimately, defense is all about trust. It's about, about accountability. Um, just didn't feel like we had it. And I felt that as a head coach, there could be no more accountability than at my doorstep. You know, and so the players wouldn't have anywhere else to hide or anywhere else to turn if, if, if they knew that, you know, if, if I went in there and, 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 and took it over that, you know, listen, everybody had to be on board with that. And uh, people always want to make it about play calling. It's not about the play defensively. If, if 11 guys aren't connected out there on the field, uh, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to work. So um, our guys, you know, we took them out of their comfort zone on purpose. We've got some great new coaches that are in. Um, but I think, you know, what I want to see when we start camp next week, two weeks from now, is a, a defense got a chip on its shoulder that's a little bit pissed off from how uh, we're perceived. Uh, and usually we play, our, we play our best when we're pretty pissed. Bringing in Travaris Robinson as one of those coaches, what does he mean to the program? Well, he's a great teacher. Uh, he's a great person. Obviously, he's another Miami native, which is really cool because uh, it means a lot to him to be able to come home. And he's a phenomenal recruiter, you know, and, and so his ability to connect with parents and connect with the recruits, uh, you can already see that, you know, when we got the open period in June and just get to see your staff kind of go to work uh, in person. Um, T-Rob is as advertised, you know, he's really, really good. And then he's got a great relationship with uh, DeMarcus Van Dyke. DVD is, he's already off to a phenomenal start, you know, coaching our corners, assisting T-Rob and, and, and his recruiting efforts. So a uh, guy like that doesn't just make one position better. He makes up multiple positions better on our staff. Now we're going to see you on the sidelines now because now you got to wear the head coach hat and the defensive coordinator hat. Is it cool, calm, collective Manny Diaz, or are we going to get the fiery Manny Diaz on the sideline? Yeah, probably might be a combination of both, but but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? To me, it's it's more about how those kids play on the field, and and uh, usually when we're playing good, it's 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 those are the guys that, that deserve all the credit. Um, so it's just going to be fun to get back out there compete, and I think our guys are, are excited about the challenge. Now, last thing. The news of Coach Bowden's sickness came through today. I believe it actually was released today. And I don't know if everyone knows that you started at FSU under Coach Bowden. What has he meant to you and the game of football? You know, watching him get, I mean, just getting the great fortune to be in that program in the late 90s when they really were the standard and the grace that he ran that program with. I mean, here's a guy that won more games than anybody ever. And he walked up and down that hallway with no ego, um, and again, I just can't use a better word than grace um, and humility. And that's really my, you know, my wish for him. And, you know, and certainly his family is that, you know, what he's going through, he gets to go through in a peaceful manner, you know, with grace. Um, and, and that's, and that in some way there's some comfort for, for the people around him, you know, because that you want to talk about uh, touching lives and affecting lives, not just as coaching X's and O's and football and the, and the two national championships he's won, but just the way that that person has changed the people around him, um, uh, it's kind of why you coach, you know. What I mean, you want you want to be, help, you know. It's it's not the games he's won; it's the lives he's impacted. And I don't know if anybody's had the impact he has. And I've always said that about you when people ask me about you and having known you from when I was dopey math teacher in a classroom and you were at Middle Tennessee State, I believe is when we first met. And watching you grow, you're still the same guy every time I interact with you. And it's because you care about people. How much has that been a part of you and developing your style as a coach and just as a man? Well, I appreciate you saying that. But, but yeah, I mean, when you're a young coach, you role model after people that you come in the profession. And, uh, 
you know, in the nineties, it was really, if you think about it, that, you know, that era was kind of Bobby Bowden and Tom Osborne. Um, and both men, you know, led with, uh, you know, a sort of servant leadership, um, didn't put themselves first. And so that's just to me, when I was coming up, that's how you coached, you know, and there's a lot of ways to do it. And you can be the, you know, kind of the, the mean authoritative dictator type too. And there's a lot of ways up the same mountain, but, uh, I know you can win and I know you can win with class. I know you can win. I know you can win and, and, and be about others. And, um, like I said, I just, I just, you know, I'm, I pray for coach Bowden and I'm just thankful for every day I had, um, you know, on his staff. Coach, no easy transition out of that. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you spending a time here with us. You had a busy day. Everyone's been trying to get to you. Thank you for that, and good luck this year, and we look forward to talking to you throughout the season. Yeah, Chris, really appreciate your time, and, and great to have you here, okay? Thank you.